0: Hello, and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am talking with my friend, Tristan Brown. What's up, dude?
1: Hey, happy to be here. That's
0: usually what you say, but I'm still in it. (laughs) Hey, stoked to be here. (laughs) I've just leaned into it now. I'm like, all right, now I don't need to worry about it. It just comes out automatically.
1: Hey, you know what's different, too, is uh, since last time we talked, I got to meet you in person a couple months ago. That was cool.
0: That was tremendous, dude. It's, it's always a treat to, to meet friends uh, um, you know at C2E2. And, and this year, we came back strong. We had an awesome group. and yeah, it was fucking delightful to get to meet you and hang out. and that was a fun Saturday, dude.
1: Hey, I didn't even tell you this in person, but like um, when I saw you on Saturday, I didn't know it was you. <laughs> and then, like, you gave me like a hug, and I was like, "Hey, hey, what's up, guy?" <laughs> and what's, then you started, ta- and then you started talking, and I
0: said, "Oh shit,
1: it's Joe."
0: <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that I went in and did that, and then gave gave you kind of the half hug thing like that, and then I was like, yeah, yeah. "Why did you do that?" I was like, "What is wrong with you, Joe?" I was like, "You probably made this so weird." And then, and then, like, within a few minutes we were talking. I was like, "Okay, you didn't just make Chris or Tristan think that you're a total fucking weirdo." <laughs>
1: No, no. At first it was just like, I didn't like, it's like, you know how, you know, we see each other's avatar and like, you know, profiles and Uh-oh. stuff like that. It just didn't like register, I guess, the 3D version of you. And then it like, <laughs> and then I heard you talking. I was like, oh shit, Joe. <laughs> I was like, okay, this all makes sense now.
0: Uh, it's so funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, it was like surreal to me though. Like there was a couple moments when um, we were all talking. I remember um, that night. I was hanging out with you and Jake, and we're all talking. And I was, I had like this moment where I was just like, this is so surreal to me because I'm used to talking to you guys for hours, but not seeing you. And it felt like I don't like this surreal feeling when I can see you guys. It felt like I like dipped into the matrix or something.
0: I know, right? Because it's like, it's like we all talk so much on podcasts and stuff like that that it's you know we we've we've gotten so many hours in of conversation but but there is something different where it's like you look across and it's like wow we're actually in the same room we're not yeah. we're not talking in different time zones
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah and i mean it was it was great i i've i've done some fun stuff in my life but i have to say that like meeting you guys that's like up there man like I, i've been waiting to do that for years
0: oh dude for sure like there's not another group of people that could get me excited to go into the city. I'm not a city person. Yeah. And and I feel like I've gotten better at it as I've gotten older. I remember the first time I went to Chicago, um, it was on a, a, a school trip. I think it was a senior science trip. And there yeah. was like a bunch of kids selling candy bars outside of – I think it might have been the Shed Aquarium. And some kid fleeced me and I ended up paying $10 for, for like a, a Snickers. <laughs> I remember walking oh. away going, man – he just, he, like he just totally took over the rube from the, from the fucking countryside that rolled in here. <laughs> he did some crazy shit with the change, and I walked away counting my money, going, "I just paid ten dollars for a Snickers." Fuck.
1: <laughs> he was waiting for you.
0: Yeah, he was. <laughs> but I'm better now, dude. I remember, it wasn't. It wasn't this last C2E2. It was the one before it. So it would have been. In 2020, it was that last one right before the pandemic. And uh, yeah. Lindsay and I, we had stayed, I think it was at a Hilton that was several blocks away. And uh, we were hanging out outside the hotel, and we were getting ready to walk to the... Um, are we gonna? Walk? I'm thinking it was darker. It was dark out. So maybe we were waiting for our Uber or something like that to pick us up to take us to the bar Saturday night. And some dude... Okay just walked up and started talking to us on the street. And I could just feel it from the beginning. I was like, at some point here, he's going to ask us for money. Yeah. And sure enough, like a, a little while in, after a sob story about how he came into town, and he's trying to see his kid and all. He's like, I just have like 10 or $20. And, and legit, I had no cash. I almost never carry cash. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Right? I got yeah. nothing. <laughs> but good luck to you. <laughs> he probably walked Whoa. away pissed that he spent Whoa, five man. minutes talking to us. The transients
1: and homeless in LA are advanced. I don't know if they're like that in the Midwest, but over here they have Venmo and Cash App and all
0: that. Dude, that's so you, wild.
1: Yeah, if you don't have if you don't have cash, that is not an excuse. It's no longer
0: going to get you out of it. That's really funny, dude. That's yeah. So w- I always hear things that like the the homeless problem in LA is just in like off the charts. With you being like a resident there, like what's what's your take on that?
1: Um, I think that the city just waited too long to do anything about it because there's always been a homeless problem here, but it's really out of control and it got really out of control after the pandemic. And I'm the type of person that, you know, if I, anyone ever asked me for money or something like that, I'm the type that will buy you food and said, I'll say, okay, let me get you a sandwich or something like that. Because yeah, you know, I don't know if they have an addiction problem or something like that, which is usually the case. But, um, yeah, it's just so freaking out of control. To where there's just like uh, lines and lines, like neighborhoods of tents. Now, you know, neighborhoods of tents, and and even in the nice neighborhoods like Brentwood, where the OJ murders happened, and and you know, close to Beverly Hills and stuff like that, you'll find all kinds of just tents all down the street. And I think it's just because the city waited too damn long to do something about it. You know, a lot of these people need mental health treatment and stuff like that, and now it's just so freaking out of control that it's like even if you have the money for it like it's still just overwhelming and it used to be very contained and now it's just everywhere they're they're just spread everywhere and it's like a problem that's too big to you know for any lone force to handle like there needs to almost be like federal intervention i think
0: there needs to be some sort of federal intervention when it comes to to mental health because it's it's gotten so out of control In this country, there are so many people that just blatantly show signs of it where, um, (laughs) do you ever listen to Bill Burr? Oh, yeah. Have you listened to his newest special, the Red Rocks one?
1: Um, I saw it's on Netflix,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see it. He's got this great bit in it about about the homeless problem and he was talking about back in like the '50s, you know, before the government gutted it. If you were out in the streets acting crazy, like a a paddy wagon showed up and two guys got out and they're like, yeah. "Hey, buddy, being awfully noisy out here," <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we really do kind of need something like that because I, yeah. I, I I've had friends that that have dealt with having to take care of loved ones that are going through mental illness. And yeah. I, I feel for them so much because the stories I've heard, man, it just brings tears to your eyes. It's so oh, yeah difficult to try and get somebody that sort of help because I don't know. It sounds like there's just a million different hoops you got to jump through and it's like, they can't, they just can't wait to kick the person back out on the street unless you've got some sort of, you know, giant piggy bank you can keep dipping into to, to pay to have them in a private facility. But the the sad truth of it is that a lot of people in this country don't have that sort of money. But those problems persist. And yeah, do, do, that's do you one think of the issues end, too. Do you think they end yeah. up in in L.A. and on the West Coast and stuff like that just because the weather's so nice there that they're not going to like freeze to death at night? Or
1: I mean, there's this theory, and I can't prove it to be true, but it makes sense that. A lot of states and, and municipalities send people to LA because it's like, hey, let's just pay fifty bucks for a Greyhound ticket or whatever it costs to send you to LA, and now you're their problem. <laughs> and I mean, if I was living on the streets, I would want to be probably in a place that's warm during the winter. But you know, I, it, it's a little more enticing, I guess, than other places. I know that. I mean, your your neck of the woods is going to be hell to be at during December. You know, so. It's not too bad over here, you know, during January and February. It's tolerable if you're living on the streets. So, you know, I know that factors in to some extent. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I think it is just an enticing place to be if you're going to be out and about, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, Yeah. I think it was – that was yet this week, I think, where there was that stunt where – was it? The governor in Florida and the governor in Texas both shipped a a, a bunch of – I mean, one of them were asylum seekers. I know, and they just shipped them to like from Florida to Martha's Vineyard. And oh, wow. I was thinking Texas shipped a bunch out also, but I just can't remember to where. But it was basically like a publicity stunt. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it it like God damn, that's really that. gross to do that with people's yeah. lives. But yeah, but I just want them to, you know,
1: I just wish that there was something that can be done to just sort of at least stop the bleeding because as far as LA is concerned, it's just getting worse and worse. And I don't know what they're doing about it. It's one of those situations where it's like, you know, if people have mental health issues, you can set up all the resources, but if they're not in their right minds or they're sick, they're not going to take advantage of these resources, you know, no. and also you and you can't force them into places without violating their civil liberties. Um, So, you know, that becomes an issue too. And like you said, if you don't have money, they really don't care about treating you if they don't think there's going to be someone there to pay the bill.
0: Yeah. and And that's really kind of the horrible part too, is that that's where, where I think money's gotten in and ruined some of these institutions. Yeah. That instead oh, of just totally. providing a, a, a service, they're chasing a buck, which you oh, know, yeah. from, from an administrative standpoint, I, I can understand that if you run a hospital, you have bills to pay. And, yeah. and those doctors' salaries are not cheap. But there needs to be someone in the middle where – like I remember a long time ago, it was on like a Friday or a Saturday night and I got a really bad mm-hmm. cut on my arm required mm-hmm. stitches, and so I had yeah. to go to the the emergency room to get them. And five mm-hmm. stitches cost me like five hundred and fifty dollars. It was over over a hundred dollars a stitch, and it took them less than twenty minutes to stitch me up. Yeah, and I was like, wow. I was like, this is ridiculous how expensive this is to to yeah. get something done. Where it's like, well, what what my other choice have been? Like heat up a butter knife on the stove and cauterize it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which sounds gnarly, but in my mind, it's like if I had th- really sat and thought about it at the time, I might have been like, "Well, get me a leather wallet to bite down on. Let's heat this fucking thing up till it glows. You get yeah, to press it against my arm. <laughs> Don't be a pussy you're about make- it. I can take it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're you're making me want to g- jump on YouTube and search for how to handle stitches when you have no money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude, I did that years ago with like a small but deep cut that got on my arm. Um, yeah, I was I was working a job at the time where I was making deliveries and I had this pallet in the back of the truck that was all wrapped up with shrink wrap. And so yeah. I was trying to cut through the shrink wrap and like it was not cooperating with me. And so I did something really stupid and I wasn't mm-hmm. doing slow controlled cuts with the knife. Instead, I slashed at it. And somehow Mm -hmm. I missed, and I slashed myself across my left forearm, and I opened up a cut that was about a half inch long, but, like, the blood that was coming out was, like, that deep red color. And I was like, oh, this is bad. I do not want to have to go and get stitches in the middle of fucking nowhere Iowa, like, on my route for work. And so... I went up to one of the guys that was nearby and I asked I knew he smoked and I asked if he had a lighter. And so I took my pocket knife out and I heated the tip of the knife and I just stuck it in the fucking wound and it immediately stopped bleeding. Oh wow. The guy looked at me and he, <laughs> he had a <laughs> cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He was this old guy and he went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> all I was like, that's how we get the fucking job done, Tony. <laughs> oh man.
1: Damn, that would have been a viral uh, moment
0: if you caught that on film. No, right? <laughs> They'd have been like, that's not sanitary. And you should have gone to the hospital. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> oh, man. I did it for the story. <laughs> oh, my God. I did it for the story. That reminds me. Earlier, um, yeah. my, my kids asked me. They were like, hey, is it true that women live longer than men? And I was like, yeah, statistically, I'm pretty sure that's true. And they're like, why? I'm like, eh, mostly because guys engage in, like, dumb shit behavior. <laughs> and they both started laughing. And I'm like, And I'm like, no, it's true. I'm like, think about all the YouTube videos you've seen where somebody's failing doing something incredibly stupid. How many times is it a Usually. guy versus it's a girl? And they're like, oh. Usually a guy, yeah. I'm like, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, guys I mean, tend to think they're invincible. Don't make that mistake, boys.
1: I don't have any kids and you have kids and I'm sure you thought to yourself like, man, I hope my kids don't try some of the stupid shit I've done in my past.
0: Well, That's why I try to just be honest with them about it and like, let them, you know, like this, this is what happens if you do this. This is what, this is what happens if you try and use a rope you found in the river bottoms to make a zip line. (laughs) You're going to fall 20 feet out of a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Let dad take that L for you. (laughs) Like I did it so you don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i don't know I, li- I like having those sorts of honest conversations with my kids though because i i try and just I, I i want them to be prepared for the world when when they're you know when when they're by the time they're an adult not just yeah. you know this is what what time did what, what year did columbus sail the ocean blue it's like yeah that that stuff has a place but also it's like, here's what you need to know about the world. Don't just walk around trusting everybody that comes up to you. It's okay to have a little bit of reasonable suspicion around pe- new people. And, you know, that yeah. like little tips like that, that they're not going to tell you this in school. But, you know, this is the real shit. <laughs> like, don't – if you're walking at night, don't act like a victim. Walk with your shoulders erect. Look around. Don't be wearing headphones yeah. at night. You know, like, be – like this the real world shit. Like this is situational awareness. This is, you need this to, to get by Like that sort of stuff is, it, it's fun. Cause they're little sponges and they soak it all up. And then at different times I'll hear them repeat things back and then I'll just smile. And I'll be like, yes, they did listen. <laughs> yeah,
1: it Registered. I mean, I feel that I'm going to tell my kids, you know, that one of the rules of life is that when you're out in the world, you just have to basically be on a defense mode to some extent. That's when you're driving and everything. It's like driving isn't just about learning how to drive well. It's also learning about how to defend yourself when an asshole around you drives poorly
0: uh-huh oh dude i i I tell them that about defensive driving all the time yeah I'm like see how this person has their turn signal on? I was like we're yeah. not going to <laughs> we're not pulling out until we actually see them making this turn. <laughs> I don't care how was... impatient the people in line behind me are you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's times I want to merge into a,
1: a lane, let's say to my right. And I'm like, okay, this asshole over here is about to merge at the same time. I know it. He's not paying attention. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me get in front of him. I know that shit always terrifies me. I, I hate merging over into like, if I'm in the far left lane and they're in the far right lane and I have to get yeah. into that middle lane. Like I want to get like a car length ahead of them before I do that. Yeah. I am. You I do I spent so many years driving like a truck for work, not like a semi, but just like a a big flatbed truck making Mm -hmm. deliveries. And so I would get, I mean, out of a 40 hour work week, at least 20 of that would probably be like windshield time some weeks. And so that was just a lot of driving all over the eastern half of the state in Iowa. And, you know, we don't we don't have the worst drivers here, but man, we still get plenty of fucking dum-dums.
1: Oh, they can't be worse than what I see
0: here in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, with some of the videos and shit I've seen of traffic in L.A., it's just mind-blowing to me. I mean, oh my God, those are some really raining, wide freeways.
1: Yeah, and when it starts raining, it's like you just need to fucking stay home, because they do not know how to handle the rain
0: <laughs> at oh, all. No. Well, and I'd imagine you get rain pretty infrequently there, too, and so that means probably when it – first starts raining there's so much oil and shit that comes out of the pavement that hydroplaning is probably like really really bad there
1: oh yeah it's bad um and it rains very infrequently and when it does rain um you're just gonna see you know tons of accidents on your trail you know you're gonna see tons of accidents in your navigation so it's like if you ever see it just raining all of a sudden in the morning just cancel your plans (laughs) if you have somewhere (laughs) far to go (laughs) it's gonna take you forever to get there (laughs)
0: My, my, my 12 year old Liam is obsessed with Los Angeles and, and he's oh, yeah. always talking about me like, well, well, you know, if we're going to go hiking in Yosemite, we've got to go to Los Angeles. I'm like, I do not want, like, you could fucking pay me to go to Los Angeles and I would argue against going.
1: <laughs> I was like, it just does
0: not sound like a good time. But like I was saying earlier, I'm not a city person. And so I'm making it into a much bigger deal in my head than, than it probably actually is.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. There are people that live 45 minutes outside of L.A. and they don't go to fucking L.A. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) I mean, I actually grew up in an area that's right outside of L.A. about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour or so. And I grew up with people who had never been to L.A. and people who never will go there because it's like night and day.
2: Wow.
1: As soon as as you get there, it's different. Like, Like the energy, everything is different.
0: Wow. Okay. So, so you've lived in California your whole life then?
1: Uh, for the most part, yeah. I, I spent about two months in Florida for some reason back in 2000. But yeah, California, all of my life. Two months doesn't Otherwise. count.
0: That's an extended vacation. Yeah, it basically was.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I lived in Tampa for a couple months and I was like, I mean, no offense to anyone in Tampa, but I was like, this place sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what took you to Tampa originally?
1: Uh, you know what? I was I was just getting out of uh, high school and um, my uncle lived in Tampa and he wanted me to, to move out there just to kind of mentor me and kind of like make sure that I stay on the straight and narrow. So, you know, I took him up on that offer.
0: Right on i mean do, when you were in um uh i i I guess I should ask first, do you care if I like bring up your profession? oh go ahead, okay, cool, um, so you are a lawyer, did you know in high school that that's what you wanted to do
1: uh kinda like when I was fourteen, I used to watch perry Mason stuff and like you know the the uh the law. Shows and all that stuff, all the criminals. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, law based movies and shows, and I thought it was going to be cool like that, and it's not cool like. <laughs> <laughs> that <It's not. laughs> But I was like, "Fuck!" I'm already like ankle deep in this. I just might as well keep going.
0: <laughs> it is not cool like that.
2: <laughs> who'd,
0: who'd have thought? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not it's not like, hyperdramatic. hyper dramatic, yeah,
1: not at all, and it's like and and it sucks because people watch you know they watch uh um you know these movies and shows and I have clients who say, Well, let's just sue them, and I'm like it doesn't work that easy, like it's in California, it's gonna take us months before we even get to the first hearing and then maybe a year before we get to trial, and people think that everything happens in like a half an hour. like a (laughs) law-based show or something
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i've heard like uh uh criminal investigators talk about something similar to that with tv affecting like jurors expectations they they called it the csi effect
1: oh like jurors think that they're in for like something exciting and they're instead sitting there watching like a medical examiner talk about the differences between dna and stuff
0: exactly six hours (laughs) and their eyes are glazing over
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. and they're like waiting for the surprise witness that never shows up (laughs) (laughs) that's the other thing too the surprise witness right like the surprise witness who just comes down the hall and shocks everyone it's like that's total bullshit because you have to you have to let everyone know who your witnesses are in advance
0: yeah i was gonna say so doesn't is... the defense have to have a list of who your witnesses are so that they can adequately prepare for yeah their, there is no their surprise cross-examination witness. or whatever exactly <laughs> there is no surprise witness this profession sucks see all, all my legal knowledge comes from pop culture and i knew that
1: <laughs> yeah. right it, it, it's funny too like you see sometimes um you know, like an attorney who's trying to gather all this information and gra- gather all this dirt on the other side. But it's like they actually just give it to you. It's like they give you all the evidence. Like everyone has to exchange all their evidence. You know, you don't have to go hunting for it.
0: I learned that in My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Like he just exactly. gave me all this stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I relate to that movie so much. It's one of my favorites because, like, uh, I think um there's the scene where he goes to uh, – for, for the first time, and he shows up, and he just has one of those those yellow notepads, <laughs> and the guy next to him has all these files and things like that. That was, that was me for like the first few years of me like practicing because I would just show up and I would be like, okay, I got my notepad, I'm ready to go, <laughs> I have, and I have like nothing else to support me, and I'm just looking around, so like feeling <laughs> so inept and just like so unprepared and. It's like it's like the first few years of being a lawyer is just like trying to pretend and like convince everyone that you're that you know what you're talking about and that you know what you're doing. <laughs> <Like> that's <laughs> pretty much what it is. Because like, like when you get out of law school, you don't know shit. You don't know anything like you don't know. Like they don't teach you anything. It's not like a a lot of people think that you go there and you actually learn stuff that you don't learn anything like you just learn how to kind of think like a lawyer, but you don't really learn much until you actually start practicing. And so those first years, you're just so lost <laughs> and you're just basically just having a pissing contest, like trying to look like, you know, what you're doing. I mean, that's all it is.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. So you'd really yeah. got to go in there and just kind of walk the walk and outwardly, to- outwardly display what the, you know, what you're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I read, I read, um, I think it was Johnny Cochran's book a couple decades ago where, he was talking about like it's called the practice because like that's what it is. Like you're always learning. You're always practicing when you're working. Um There's no it's not like you take like a, you know, like a specialized um occupational field training session and you come out and you actually know how to do the job. It's like, no, we're going to we're going to kind of show you what to do and you're just going to have to learn how to swim. We're going to push you in and you're going to have to learn how to swim.
0: Well, I would imagine depending on what sort of stuff is coming up, you're you're having to research stuff very specifically for that case, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's always going to be something um, specific to that case and something new that you learn. Like almost every time, it seems like, you know, if it's a really well involved thing, um, you're going to probably learn something new even after practicing for 20 years. I mean, it's always something that pops up that I'm like, oh shit. I've been doing it the wrong way for all this time, <laughs> you know. like, <laughs> like I, I always learned something that that you know I felt like I should have known a long time ago, and I didn't know, um, you know, which um, made me really excited about She-Hulk actually because um, Jennifer Walters um, in that show, uh, you know, she's in LA, she's based in LA, and she actually she supposedly went to my school, <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> hey.
0: I was curious to hear what your your take on that show is going to be, considering it's, like, a legal drama, and that's kind of, you know, what, what do you do, I guess, without the drama part, right?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, as I told you before, like, things move way too fucking fast. It's like, all of a sudden, there's a problem, and then they're before the judge, like, 15 minutes into the show. It's like, in California, like, it's going to be probably a month, like, minimum before you even get a hearing. Like, sometimes months, like, plural before you even get before a judge and, and, you know, everything just moves so stiffy and fast and so convenient. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so
0: really like like, all those She-Hulk billboards that were up in that show would have been up around LA for a very long time, but before she got to have her, her copyright hearing. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. That too. That too. Like, um, it would have, I mean, I know, I don't know how time is moving on the show, but it's like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to sue somebody for IP infringement, I mean, that's going to be drawn out. Like it's so much paperwork and so much, so many steps that occur before you even get to the summary judgment hearing that she had in there. It's, I mean, that's, that could sometimes take a year to get to that part, to the point where you're before a judge and arguing a summary judgment. And so it's like, you know, you just got to somehow suspend this belief. The other thing I was telling my girlfriend actually was, I was like, this is bullshit. Like LA courts are not that fucking pretty. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> like, they look like shit. I mean, you, you probably remember like what the OJ courts look like, right? Oh, yeah. And just how unappealing and non cinematic those are. There's no, there's no big windows. It's not all, you know, this beautiful natural light cascading through the, the courtroom <laughs> and all this space. It's just, uh, I mean, these things are like, Feels like you're just walking into a closet, like a wooden closet.
0: <laughs> like a basement conference room.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's nothing movie friendly about those places, but yeah, I mean, over, <laughs> overall, yeah, I mean, it's like, I think even, even attorneys, we have to sometimes suspend our disbelief as well, you know, and just sort of just go with it because I would rather them shoot in those courtrooms that they're showing on She Hulk than the actual ones that, that, you know, we actually have in LA because those are just, they're just trash. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I can imagine. I, gosh, I, I've, I've never actually been in like a courtroom, but I had to go before I judge once in, in high school because I got busted for underage drinking, but, but oh, it really? wasn't actually in a court setting. I think we, we just, we had to go and see her in her office.
1: Oh, so it was like, like basically just like, uh, a- a meeting in yeah. her office and she just kind
0: of uh teared into me like about underage a, drinking. Oh, so you didn't get like a judgment or anything against you. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, it was I was God, what did I have to do? I, I think I had to go to like an ASAC meeting and then write like yeah. a an essay about the experience yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well what's funny I too think- is that my mom and dad own a cabin outside a town that's on like private property. And so when my dad came and picked me up, we were drinking, we were doing shots of vodka in a cemetery. That's how smart we were. <laughs> uh, and the first thing my dad said after he picked us up was, why the fuck were you out of the cabin? And I'm like, that's a very fair question because I would have much rather got caught doing shots from you guys than officer fucking asshole back there. Right? <sighs> Live and learn oh, man. <laughs> teenagers. Was- they're so stupid. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of stupid things then and I'm I'm glad that I didn't end up with any sort of criminal charges or anything like that. Uh, um I could have. I was I mean, I just grew up around a lot of people that were in that element, a lot of people that were uh you know, that ended up behind bars. I remember those one time uh the closest I ever came to it, I was in a 7th grade or 7th or 8th grade. I think it was 8th grade and I was um, at home and one of my friends comes to the door and he says, Hey, I got a new bike. And I was like, Oh, cool, cool bike. And so I rode him on the bike. You know, how kids used to ride each other on the, they probably still do, you know, ride on the handlebars. Uh huh. One kid rides the bike and the other kid sits on the handlebars. So I'm the bigger kid. So I'm riding my friend on, on the handlebars of this supposedly new bike. And then all these cop cars just around us. And it turns out that he stole this bike from a kid, like <laughs> basically assaulted some kid and stole the bike. Oh, no. And, and thankfully, I was much taller than this kid because uh, the description said that he got assaulted by a short kid. <laughs> and so they had to stand next to each other in the spotlight, in the police spotlight. And I was considerably taller than the short <laughs> kid. So they took the short kid away.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, you lucked out. <laughs> yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Oh my God! when yeah. I was in high school, I bought um two ten inch subwoofers and a, an amp off of my my best friend's older brother. and they were in my car for oh maybe less than a month. and one yeah. day I pulled into my driveway and I was kind of gathering up stuff, and then I look in my rearview mirror and there's a cop car parked behind me in the driveway. and I was like, "Well, that's strange." And then I get out and he's asking all sorts of questions and Asked me to, you know, open the hatch and all that, and I don't know what the fucks going on. And I open it, and yeah, turns turns out that my buddy's older brother had actually stolen the <laughs> the stuff, and oh man, and so yeah, then then the cops like basically took it back, <laughs> but uh, like I lucked out and I didn't get any charges pressed against me, oh or, good, or anything like that. And and I I think the kid just that got it stolen from just wanted his stuff back, and. Yeah, pretty much got it back. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of a bummer, and because I was like, "Oh shit!" Now this <laughs> this is fucking stereo shit that I paid money for. And now I don't have anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm glad that you that didn't turn out worse than it you know could have potentially turned out. And um, you know, I'm glad I never ever did time or have a record or anything like that. I I did steal some shit as a kid. But thankfully, I never got
0: caught. Oh, dude, uh, I got caught shoplifting cigarettes one time, and I still feel shame over it. Yeah. Oh, I feel so. I like there's times where I'll think about it and it almost like make me visibly shake and be like, <laughs> like, it's just so shameful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would never, you know, want to perpetuate that and or, you know, have my kids, you know, do stuff like that. So I'm sure, I'm sure you probably had that discussion with your kids.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I got really good kids. Um, They, I, they yeah. just, I'm, I kind of lucked out that way. But but also, you know, we, we shelter them from lots of shit, too. Like, there's lots of kids that, you know, just run loose all over our neighborhood all the time. And, like, our kids, they're not allowed to just go out and run around with the neighborhood kids. Because it's like, yeah. I know what happens when a bunch of kids just run around with no adult supervision. Eventually, you guys are going to get into some shit because there's otherwise nothing to do around this small town. Or it's like, I don't know which of these houses you might go into has got some... Weird fucking uncle that might try and finger bang you or something like that. So it's not going to happen if you oh, don't get man. to go hang out with the fucking <laughs> with the kids over there. And yeah, and almost oh, every man. time it's- they have gone out and like, there's, there's always been some sort of altercation with other some other kid from the neighborhood. So for the most part, the boys are kind of like, you know what? I think I totally get what you're saying. And so yeah, yeah, it's
1: um, it sometimes sucks to be a kid. I mean, it's like. It's so many dangers out there. Uh, you don't have too many liberties. And I, I just think to myself, you know, there was a lot of freedom when I was a kid, a lot of freedoms and a lot of fun things, too. You know, a lot of the shows I used to watch and the activities I used to have. But I sometimes ask myself if I would want to go back to being a kid. And I'm like, no,
0: I'm good. <laughs> Dude, I'm same. Okay. <laughs> same. Yeah. It, well, and I think about all the shit that we got into because it was like over summer break, you know, we're all home running around. Parents are all at work. Yeah. Maybe there was like a grandparent watching somebody, but it was like the amount of shit that we got into, it's such a young age. Like like we all knew what parents had like boxes of porn in their closets. <laughs> like all of right. like like that sort of shit. And like the yeah. weird, weird shit, dude. And yeah, like traumatic experiences and shit like that. You couldn't fucking pay me to go back. Like the only thing that would be rad about being a kid again is the absolute lack of responsibility that that sounds amazing but yeah
1: yeah yeah the fact that you just got to basically go to school and come home and get your homework done you know (laughs) get your chores done you know it's like yeah i mean that does sound kind of sweet but at the same time it's like man i hate it i'm a sagittarius so like i hate authority (laughs) i couldn't stand someone telling me like okay go to class okay go to lunch okay go home you know it's like basically like a prison
0: system oh yeah no, i i always yeah. struggled with that too i'm i'm a libra I so i don't know how yeah. far it goes in with that stuff but i've yeah. never it's always rubbed me the wrong way people barking orders at me and like to yeah. the point where it's like when i was younger i'd get real indignant about it like like motherfucker you better ask me politely and now it's like <laughs> right. I, i've i've let that ego go for the most part and i realize that it's best to just just grumble about it in your head and go on. It's not going to do any good to, to to be noisy about it, but um, yeah. I, do, I don't like it. I remember one time I was at my grandma and grandpa's house, and I think his sister was over, and we were eating lunch, and I lived in a baseball cap when I was a kid, and, and grandpa's sister was like, barked at me to take my hat off, and I didn't like the way she said it, and so I mouthed off to her, and I was like, I don't have to listen to you. You're not my parent. Yeah. Dude, you'd have thought I, I called her the C-word or something. Everybody was right. very offended that I said that. And then they made me take off the hat. And I was so upset because it's like, Grandma and Grandpa, you guys never make me take off a fucking hat when I'm here. But, <laughs> but now because your sister's here, I have to take off a hat. And now I have to sit here with my stupid hat here. Like, I don't like this.
1: <laughs> and I And remember when we were kids, it's like, was there ever an instance where you're telling the truth and someone didn't believe you and it's like, <laughs> Like I hated that. Like it's like we're you're, where you're just not given credibility because you're a kid. You know that shit sucks too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of yeah. Oh, you're just a kid, and it's like oh, yeah. okay, fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's it's like all of a sudden you become an adult, and then there's a moment where people just start kind of respecting you to an extent. I mean, there's always gonna be some assholes who disrespect you, but like. When you're a kid, it's like everyone just disrespects you. It's like no one one gives a shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I was a mouthy little kid, too, so I'm surprised I didn't get my ass kicked way more than I did. Yeah. yeah. I I lost a handful (laughs) of fights. And I lost enough fights to realize that it's like the gamble of getting into a fight really isn't worth it. Because um, it's kind of like what Patrick Swayze says in Roadhouse. Nobody wins a fight.
1: Oh man, there's been times, I I mean, I haven't been in any real fights as an adult, just like one altercation, but like there's times where, because I I can't mouth off, like I, if I get disrespected, (laughs) I may say something I regret. So like there's been times I've mouthed off to people, you know, because I'm not really afraid of anyone, but like, it's like sometimes if it's 12 of them, Tristan, you might want to just shut the fuck (laughs) up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I remember being at a party one time and right out of out of high school and, and a whole like it was like probably like maybe 20 guys or so because we were like the odd guys out and um, we didn't know anybody there. And they started a fight with one of my friends. I immediately jumped in and then all of a sudden I noticed it's like about 20 people ready to kick my ass. And, and so I was drunk and I felt like I could take them all. <laughs> but, oh, no. <laughs> But thankfully, the, the the bouncer at the party stepped in and said, he's like, hey, bro, you're not Superman. He's like, let me get you out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and I think that God guy that just bu- saved I'm, you. <laughs> I would buy him a beer. Right? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have got my ass hit. Oh, so, like, so <laughs> like bad. Yeah, so bad. Like, yeah, like the first person might have got, you know, handled, but like, the nineteen that came after that would have definitely took me out.
0: Yeah, you're not Daredevil in a hallway. <laughs> this isn't going to go well.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have no fucking super senses or anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh god, I I didn't get in any fights past middle school. Like I got that all out of my system like b- before high school. And there was, oh man, there was three times that really come to my head where somebody was like pushing every button and like really pushing me hard to get in a fight and i just stayed very zen the whole time and just being like no i got no problem man we don't we don't need to do this it's all good let's just let's just be cool instead how about that um my favorite was the one guy who told me he was going to quote kick my fucking teeth in (laughs) was
1: was he dead (laughs)
0: <laughs> he might as well have been Biff. Uh, he yeah. he was, I think, either he was maybe two years older than me, so I think he was a junior when I was a freshman. And I remember his, his last name. I, I shouldn't say it on. I shouldn't say it on here. But they <laughs> they they as instead of saying his last name, they would call him Crudball. And and I remember uh-huh. he would get really, really super upset if somebody called yeah. him Crudball, and <laughs> we were yeah. at this party, this kegger, this was years and years later, we we're at this kegger and there was this fairly new guy that had come to town, but was like hanging out with all of us. And he'd always yeah. come to the parties, which was kind of fucking weird because we were all just barely after high school. And this dude like looked like he was close to 30 and he was always partying with us, but he was a pretty cool guy and he could buy beer. So we all were like, yeah, you're all right. And I remember he kept, he was talking with this dude and he kept calling him Crud. He's like, you know, what I'm talking yeah. about Crud because <laughs> he'd all heard all of us constantly refer to him as Crudball. And so this yeah. dude just thought it was the guy's name and he's like, the, the Crudball reached out. He's like, Hey man, hey, none of my friends call me Crudball. <laughs> and this guy looked at me he goes, everybody I fucking know calls you Crudball. <laughs> but yeah, that guy wanted to kick my teeth in. And, uh, oh, and I managed to talk him out of, it. that was the one I really thought, I thought for sure he was going to, uh, he was really upset with me and, uh, uh, what was funny too is then, um, there was like a post prom event that, that I was at and he was at also and they had a jousting thing set up and I beat him three times and joust and he was so fucking mad.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: And it's like, well, we didn't get into a we didn't get into a fist fight. <laughs> we got into a medieval <laughs> jousting match that I handily whooped your ass in. <laughs> Speaking of
1: jousting, how are you liking the House of the Dragon?
0: Oh, buddy. Um I think it has moments, but but overall yeah. it's it's been it's been kind of boring so far to me. But it's had yeah. moments where it's pretty good and and i know we've got a big time jump coming up where we're going to have like older versions of some of these principal characters. Yeah. So so like um uh is it, it Rainice? Or no, not Rainice. It's uh, Renera. Renera yeah. and um and uh Allison Alice. will yeah. both have different a- uh, actresses playing them in in this upcoming Sundays. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. i thought I thought the younger girls did such a great job in those roles oh, yeah and and I think George R. Martin created a really rich world here and everything. It's just they got really big shoes to fill, at least with like the first half of of Game of Thrones, you know, the latter half we all know <laughs> but um, oh yeah, um for me it's and it's not an apt comparison either because like Lord of the Rings is such a different type of fantasy. Than, than mm-hmm. the, the fantasy that like Game of Thrones is. But I, I feel like I'm getting a lot more out of Rings of Power. But it could be because I'm doing these like deep dives on them with, with this other podcast, uh, PCLOTR, yeah. that, that we're doing every week where we're doing, yeah you know, these intense deep dive breakdowns of the episodes. And so it's like I've been, dude, I've been like living in J.R.R. Tolkien's mind <laughs> like since this yeah. show came out. It's like. When I'm not watching the show and doing research on it and stuff like that, I'm, like, diving into YouTube videos that's breaking down different parts of the lore. And it's been really, really fun, though, because it's, like, going into this, like, I knew a fair amount about, you know, the the world of Arda and and Middle Earth and and Numenor and Valinor and all that. I knew quite a bit about it, like, more Mm -hmm. than just, like, an average fan that's only seen the movies, but... Nothing compared to like what I know now. <laughs> it's it's fucking crazy. Right. Like the other so day, I'm I was, earlier this week, like researching this newest episode, I was like, "God damn it! I really wish I could speak Elvin." And I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you do not have time to try and learn fucking Sylvan. Don't do it."
1: Oh man, I, I'm curious because I know there's a bit of a divide, right? So I know there's a lot of people who are loving it, a lot of people who are appreciating it, and just all across the the gamut right as far as what people are taking from this show do you feel that because you're doing this deep dive like a lot of people are kind of missing um a lot of key moments and a lot of people are just missing some of the the i guess the the gold that's there
0: um see i don't know like it it is a slow burn plot and slow burn plots have always worked really really well for me um yeah because like i i you know i like reading books i don't mind you know, a a plot that's going to take longer than, than a season to get there. And also they've already decided this, this is going to be like a five season show. So they, they kind of have their all, their story and everything in mind. It isn't like they're putting out one season and then they're having to be like, well, yeah, well, you know, yeah, we'll we'll do a few more seasons if this gets picked up. It's like, no, they, they, they have a plan already set (laughs) with this. And, right, and dude, the, the, the budget shows on this show so much. I mean, the backgrounds, oh, yeah. the costumes, the the oh, CGI in it, everything's money. fucking yeah. spectacular to me. And like, I'll, I, I'm on, like, I live on Reddit. It's kind of sad. Yeah. And so, so many of the comments, like in these subreddits for it, though, I'll just cash out. Cause I'll be like, there's so much negativity on this. And I do not relate at all to what these people are saying, where like they're, the people who are butthurt because the the characters are different than they were in the Jackson films. It's like, yeah, the Jackson films take place, like, well over a thousand years into the future. You know, you're going to yeah. think these elves didn't change at all in a thousand years?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, to me, like, one of the criticisms that people had of Last Jedi, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Last Jedi, but I appreciate it. And it's like... Like I get it, that's not your Luke, but it's like people change. I'm not the same person I was ten years ago. You think this guy's the same person he was 30, 40 years
0: ago? It, it exactly. Makes no sense. Well, it's and just, it made sense with so... the context of Luke's story in that. Yeah. You know, like he thought the yeah. the Jedi way was was the way it was supposed to be, and he followed it, and it went fucking yeah. terribly for him. So you're telling me that wouldn't shake your faith? And yeah, I, I don't know. I I liked the Last Jedi. I, I I was not one of the haters of that, but, um, but I, yeah.
1: I think it's one of the most beautiful um, Star Wars films we've ever had. It's just one of those films where I feel like it's – I think it's a great sci-fi film. I just feel like it, – it feels a little disjointed, I feel, in the Star Wars lore because it just feels like it's its own thing almost. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'll, Franken- I'll give you that, that. That Frankenstein of a trilogy too. But, um, but yeah, back to <laughs> the the Rings, the Rings of Power – yeah, it's like, how the hell are you going to think that nothing happened over a thousand years that's going to change this person? Like, that's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and, and like another complaint is they don't like the that this timeline is compressed and all these things that should be happening, you know, hundreds yeah. of years apart are now happening, you know, concurrently. And it's like, that's really the only way to logically do it as a show. Because otherwise, yeah. your elven characters are going to be the only ones that are going to be consistent from episode to episode.
1: Yeah. And and it's like whenever you adapt to anything, you're gonna have to make those kind of adjustments. I mean even Peter Jackson made adjustments, you know, to this trilogy, but
2: A hundred percent.
1: Yeah, so it's like all of a sudden it's funny when you you know, you talk about people who are so yeah you know, uh dedicated and, and loyal to the Jackson trilogy criticizing changes that are being made. It's like, dude, are you serious? Like do you know how many changes were made to that
0: trilogy? Oh, so many. Like yeah. And earlier this week, I watched all three of the extended ones, so that was fun. And oh, um, wow. yeah, and yeah, that's it, it, like that's yeah, a fun it was rewatch. <laughs> I had so I had such a good time with it. Um, but, but like I said, I've been like just living in this lore for the for the past few weeks, and yeah, was, I was like, I have to watch these, and I I have not seen the Hobbit movies, and I'm actually motivated to watch them now, even though I've heard they're not the best.
1: Oh, The Hobbit. Okay, so I really enjoyed them when I watched them in the theaters, but I've never revisited them at home.
0: Okay, nice. Well, that gives me some hope then, because otherwise (laughs) I really haven't heard too many positive things about those ones.
1: Well, I'm also not like a hardcore um, Tolkien fan, but like as a casual fan, I thought they were pretty entertaining, especially the first one I liked a lot. Um, But yeah, like I just felt like they were kind of stretching it out a little bit, like even though. You know, I read The Hobbit a long time ago, but it's like I can tell that it was a lot of Hollywood studio involvement, and just kind of stretching things out for the sake of having a nine hour trilogy. You know? Oh, but, for uh, sure. Yeah. But overall, like, I think you probably would enjoy the first one
0: at least. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch them probably sometime over the next couple of weeks. I'll get them watched. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, I, I've been absolutely loving Rings of Power. I, I know you've seen the first two episodes. What did you think of it? Well, as
1: you mentioned, I can see the budget. Like, I can see the money. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a very well-crafted, cinematic-looking show. Um, it seems like the actors they cast were fantastic, too. Um, And I'm just kind of enjoying the ride. You know, I'm kind of going through it slow because me and my uh, my girlfriend have to coordinate and watching it because he doesn't want me watching it without her. And so I just can't really binge through it and, you know coordinator in our schedules can sometimes cause you to fall behind a little bit but yeah like i'm really enjoying the ride like it's only after episodes you know one and two so there's not like a whole lot that's happened but a lot of kind of character development and i know a lot of people are complaining about uh the pacing and it's like i'm like kind of like like just chill you know It's a series like just kind of enjoy the ride you know enjoy the world enjoy the cinematography enjoy the Enjoy the like learning who these people are. Like I don't feel like everything has to be, you know, uh, bang bang and 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 action packed all the time. You know, and I get it if that's what you're looking for. Maybe I mean, I mean, just look at uh, Fellowship of the Ring, right? I mean, there's a lot of slow burn there. So like I don't get why people can't kind of just chill with this show and let it marinate as well.
0: Yeah, 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 and and also. I wonder how much of it has to do with just people online who are just the small minded people who are upset that that there's a female lead in the show or upset that, that there's black elves and black dwarves. And it's like, oh, no, not that. Oh, my God. It's like, orcs, OK. And, and, and all
1: these creatures, OK, but black people. Oh, my God.
0: Yep. Now, you beat me to it. Now this fantasy
1: is just being absurd.
0: It's like you're OK with the fact that there's orcs. and and hobbits and and you're okay with elves but but a black elf crosses the line for you like and you don't see where the problem lies with that take oh my god tell me again how white privilege isn't a thing
1: (laughs) i mean it amazes me right because it's like i mean you do know there this world is full of people of color right so like you're trying to tell me that a fantasy world can't have people of color like that. You're really reaching there. <laughs> <laughs> like you're you're really reaching there.
0: Yeah, and and so I wonder how much of it online is just people who are just fucking dum because you're seeing a lot of the same complaints with with House of the Dragon too. Like like oh, it's was black people in Westeros. It's like oh no, Get the I'm like fuck over I'm like, yourself.
1: Like, you do know, as far as House of the Dragon is concerned, the guy who created this world is involved with this, right? You know
0: that, right? Oh, my gosh. And so I I think that's – and then you're seeing some of that with with She-Hulk also. And I love how much She-Hulk is leaning into it with, with like, Uh, almost making it a meta part of the show, which is fantastic.
1: That was like a uh, stroke of genius that I did not expect with She Hulk, too, is that they knew just based on, you know, just the way of the world and Twitter and all that, like they knew exactly the type of backlash it was going to get. So it's kind of fun to see that even though these episodes are probably shot, you know, a year ago, months ago, that it's almost like in real time they're. They're kind of predicting what people are saying about these things.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For stuff yeah. that was, you know, written a while ago, it's remarkably prescient. <laughs> it shows that the world has not fucking changed. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and yeah, overall, like, I'm enjoying the show. Like, I don't think it's, you know, top-tier Marvel. But it's like I I enjoy being um, just, you know, in the Marvel realm in a, in, a, in a setting that's not too serious where you can kind of just sort of explore the world and not have to worry about some world ending event, you know, it's like, it's kind of fun to just kind of see a character develop on, on a stage that's not so serious and, and, and pressing, or, or I guess another word to say is just like, you know, uh, important. (laughs) If I could even use that word, it's just nice to see someone just kind of develop in their own sphere. And, and, you know, in the future, we're probably going to see her and, bigger crossover movies and all that. And it's like, you can go back and kind of see like this person and how they developed and became the person that they grew to be, you know, the same with Miss Marvel as well. It's like, like, I don't think everything has to be so epic when it comes to Marvel. Like I'm fine. Um, having these, these different tones, like, like I'm sure you read comic books where, you know, you pick up an issue sometimes and that issue had nothing of importance in it. It's just a fuck, like a fuck off issue where a character is just having fun.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, dude. My my favorite issue of a Batman comic is a it's like a encapsulated single issue that is a double date with Batman and Selena Kyle or Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle and yeah. um Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And it is so oh. much fun. Dude, it is so much fun. They they go to like this uh like a carnival. Yeah. And then, right when they get there, they're showing up and like the guy at the gate says, Oh, you can't come in in those regular clothes. It's superhero day. So you got to be dressed <laughs> like a superhero to get in. And so they go back to the car and Lois Lane puts on Selena Kyle's cat suit. Yeah. Batman or, uh, uh, Clark puts on the bat suit and Bruce yeah. puts on the Superman suit. And then uh-huh. basically Selena Kyle. Is just like wearing like a dress that Lois Lane was wearing. And when the guy's like at the, at the, at the gates, like, who are you supposed to be? She like gets in his face and meows. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking fantastic. But yeah, it's, it's so much fun because, because then like, uh, uh, Clark's complaining about how the bat suit's really itchy. And the girls are like, boys are gross. They don't wash their clothes enough. And Batman's like, no, nah, it's, it's probably a little bit of kryptonite dust in there. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: then i used to love those issues
0: dude there's this scene in it where 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 bruce and clark are talking and clark's saying that i bet that if i were pitching to you you wouldn't be able to hit it i think i could strike you out and bruce is like there's no way you're striking me out and so it's like this ongoing thing throughout where it's like showing them individually and like bruce is talking to selena and being like there's an Oh, there's a top end on how fast he can throw that ball before it's going to come apart. And so I just have to swing the bat fast enough to just catch it before it goes by me. And then Clark is talking to uh, Lois Lane and he's like saying, there's no way he's going to be able to hit this ball. Jonathan can't even hit my fastballs.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then at the end of the Was episode, it? they like go into like a, a baseball park at, at night and like have the like the little – contest. And it's so fucking, oh, it's nice. just such a wonderful issue of comic where it just makes you smile the whole time and it makes you appreciate this like relationship that Batman and Superman have together. But it is, it's like, would you think a Batman comic would be like that? Like full of joy and happiness and laughter? And, but it absolutely was it, worked.
1: Was, was it actually Batman or was it like this from the Batman main
0: run? It was from the Rebirth oh, wow. series is written by Tom King. Um, is- I'll, I'll, I'll post a link to the, the, okay. the comic on, on on um the the Facebook feed for this, if nice. anybody wants to check it out. I, I highly recommend it. And also, it's like a single copy of a comic. If you want to go buy it digitally, it's probably less than $2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally worth yeah. the money. It's such a wonderful issue.
1: Nice, and, and I appreciate when, when we can get a variety of stories. Like, I don't understand anyone who wants to see the Marvel Universe just be monolithic and just be the same thing over and over again. It's like, I'm cool if they want to give us a show that doesn't have a lot of consequence to, you know, the world or doesn't talk about Infinity Stones or doesn't talk about the world ending. Like, I'm totally cool with that because we, we get enough of that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what's been yeah. really fun with She-Hulk with me is that I like how different it is from anything else we've gotten in the MCU. It's silly. It's self-aware. It's doing the fourth wall breaks. It's, it's really, really fun. And this last episode, where she was at the wedding and she got super drunk, and it was just showing her as just Jen being drunk and dancing silly. Like, this is so fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's like that episode basically, like she described it, was a bottle episode, right? It had (laughs) no consequence to anything. And it's like, it's like we used to watch 30 minute sitcoms all the time, right? That meant nothing. You know, Uh, like there would be an episode that had nothing ongoing like you watch that episode it would begin and it would end it's like i think marvel has a room to do that you know to just have shows that don't have you know um an overarching storyline i mean even though this one does have an overarching storyline but just having like these episodes kind of like you know in the vein of a seinfeld or a community or something where it's like just something stupid happens that's entertained like i mean i feel that we can have that sometimes
0: You know, yeah marvel. absolutely and, what did you think yeah. of the drip broker
1: <laughs> that cracked me up? <laughs> the drip broker. <laughs> Man, like, so I, I, I'm guessing, like, this is going to be the guy that sort of, or how they explain how people are making their costumes, because it's, you know, one thing I noticed, too, because um, I know we saw that little Daredevil drop, too. Is Daredevil the first, but aside from Spider-Man, is he, he going to be the first MCU character that has a secret identity?
0: Gosh, he it might be. Like, because yeah, yeah every- almost all the other heroes are kinda out in the open.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think um yeah, having like a you know, costume with a mask that covers your face and all that is it's gonna be a little bit unique to the MCU because it's like, you know, most of these characters, it's like part of their it's like I like their costume, you know, the mask is kinda car- part of their their fighting attire or something like that. Captain America's helmet and things like that, you know, Iron Man's Armour and Black Panther's, you know, helmet and all that stuff. It's like, this is actually just going to be just to fucking hide who he is for the most part, as far as Daredevil is concerned. And that's kind of unique, given the fact that spider mans the only one that has a secret identity right now.
0: Yeah. You know, I hadn't even really considered that either. Um, I wonder how that's going to go with this. And I'm really excited that, that he's going to be in this series, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to pan out. Because, well, I guess I guess she's kind of a defense lawyer now, though, too, right? And he's a defense yeah, lawyer, yeah. so, huh? Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens with it.
1: Yeah, she's she's defending superpowered people, and I think he's just kind of just a general criminal defense attorney. But yeah, like I'm curious to see how they portray him because I, I know it's not going to be too dark. Definitely not in She-Hulk. It's not going to be dark. But I wonder how they're going to factor in that yellow costume, too. I wonder if that's going to, you know, because Daredevil's costume was yellow in the comics before he transitioned um, to the black and the red one.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So I wonder if it's just going to be yellow for this series and then he's going to transition to the red or black come uh, his own series. Because I don't I really don't see them having him in a bright yellow suit like throughout the duration of the Daredevil series.
0: Yeah, and and it really depends on how much of that Netflix storyline stuff they're going to carry over. Because with the third season of that, Bullseye was running around in his red suit that kind of tarnished the public image of Daredevil in that suit.
2: Yeah. And so with him yeah. going
0: to a different colored suit, it, it does kind of match up with that storyline. But, mm-hmm. but dude, be- between Feige and Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, it's like they're all kind of saying conflicting things in the public eye as to what this new series is going to be. It's a a continuation of the Netflix. No, this is a brand new thing. Oh no, these are the same characters from that show. And it's like, well what is it? And I I think the answer is we're going to just have to wait and see. Um, If
1: I have to guess it's going to be like a foggy continuation. Basically where most of what happened happened in those in the netflix series but it's not canon kind of like how star wars is doing you know with the legacy character uh you know stories and all that stuff where it's like you know they're basically like saying like yeah it happened until we contradict (laughs) it. you know like uh yeah you can say this happened but but until we say something that contradicts that you have to go with what we're saying you know it's like I, I feel that's kind of the approach they're going to take, where you can assume that everything in Netflix happened, but if something does conflict, they're just going to chalk it up to be in a different universe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I kind of like that too, that, that it's yeah. like if they don't just, if they just don't talk about it, if they don't acknowledge the elephant in the room, then it's not there.
1: But I also know that like, I don't think they're going to want you to, to require everyone to watch Netflix, you know, cause I know not everyone has watched it. I mean, of course we did. And, I don't know if everyone who who follows the current MCU has seen Daredevil. And I know there's a, a handful, I know personally a handful of people who have not seen it. So, like, I feel like there's probably going to be like a recap or something or, or maybe just like some quick recaps to kind of get you caught up to speed. Um, but I don't know, like, is Foggy, the guy that plays Foggy Nelson, is he even, is he going to be part of the show? I'm not even sure.
0: I, I heard that he's going to be on it. Yeah, it, that would be really weird if he's not.
1: Um Karen Page, um, you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to probably bring her back as well, too. They they don't have to, but I mean, it seems like they would. But uh, but yeah, like it gets really weird when you start recasting people that he interacted with. You know, like it's like it's going to be kind of weird to have him interact with like a completely new Iron Fist, you know, because I know that guy's not being recast.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: And I'm Actually, OK let me with rephrase that. that. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to be recast, is what I meant to say. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's going to kind of confuse some people if they see him interacting with, like, a different, like, the same Jessica Jones, but a different Luke Cage and a different Iron Fist. That's going to kind of confuse some people. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel it can be done. I want them to to
0: cast, like, a legit, awesome martial artist for Iron Fist. Like, they have like, to. Like, get, like, Eco Uace or... Or someone like that, you know, that's like just super talented, isn't going to cause any of the, the white savior type shit that, the, that that comic run dips into, you know, yeah. let if, let, l- let let an Asian character be the immortal Iron Fist. Who gives a shit that Danny Rand was a, a little white boy in, in the comics? It's like, of course it was. It was written by fucking white dudes. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's why all these characters <laughs> were just white people back then, because they're just writing what they know. It's. It's okay to expand this stuff out and do it the way that it should have been. Now, I mean, they made major changes to Shang Chi. You do not want to go back and read those old Shang Chi books. They do not age well.
1: It's funny, but you say that because um, Marvel, uh, the Marvel Universe website that has all the digital yeah. comics, usually when a movie comes out, they'll tell you all the different comic books that you need to read before you, you know, to get to know this character. Here's the first issue that they appeared in, and here's, you know, a pivotal issue from 1975 that you need to read. When it came to Shang-Chi, they were like, start in 2015. <laughs> Forget <laughs> everything that came before that.
0: <laughs> I, I think they even put out like a, a message or something saying, like, hey, these older Shang-Chi books are a product of their time. They yeah. they are admittedly racist, and we don't recommend that you go back and revisit them. Or if you do, keep in mind. You know, that these are the product of an era, a bygone era.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, Disney Plus does that with its, its animated <laughs> movies as well from the 40s and 30s and 50s and stuff like that, too. And it's like and I'm I'm glad that they still put these things out there because a lot of that stuff is, you know, pretty cool to, to revisit, even if it has some untimely, um, archaic, uh, inappropriate content. A lot of it's you know still cool. Like I I still freaking love Dumbo, even though it has the racist crows. <laughs> you know, but, but it's like I don't I don't want them to just freaking have this Frankenstein movie that that has those scenes cut out because then the freaking movie makes no sense. You know, so it's like yeah, just give a disclaimer and make sure that people are aware that they're that they are aware that this is inappropriate.
0: Well, you got to leave those those ugly parts of history it's important to not cover those up with revisionist history because then people don't learn the lessons from that history. You know, you gotta yeah, let that yeah. art stand. And, and if it makes you uncomfortable, good. That means that society yeah. has progressed since then. Hopefully a lot more people feel the same as you and that society as a whole can continue to progress. And maybe someday we can get to a point where you know we are living in that, yeah. that much better place. But if you just keep covering up the mistakes of the past people. I mean, you're seeing it right now with people talking about like critical race theory and shit like that, where there's things that, that they taught us when we were in elementary school, that now that's, that's verboten. That's verboten. You know, they, they are not talking about this stuff in school anymore. It's like, what do you fucking mean? You're not talking about the civil rights movement in school like that. That offends you to talk about that. Uh, There's a meme I saw that said something like, um, like boomers, are, are protesting to make sure their kids don't learn about the shit that they did when they were kids. or something to that effect, and it's like, that's really what it feels like.
1: Yeah, it's like, even though it might have been uncomfortable, it's like, we can't sit around and act like this stuff never happened. Like, that's the worst lesson to tell your kids, is that everything was perfect and everything, you know, was hunky-dory until you were born. Like, it's like, we need to know all the fucked up shit we did so that we don't repeat
0: it. (laughs) Exactly. If history makes you uncomfortable, then that's good. That means that there's a lesson in it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but, um, but yeah, overall, like, uh, uh, I don't even know how we got on this topic. We're talking about Marvel
0: somehow. (laughs) (laughs) It always happens. It's like, how did we get on this tangent where we started with something silly and now we're being serious? (laughs) we're talking about a green lawyer and
1: all of a sudden we're talking about critical race theory
0: dude i love that we got wong in two episodes of she hulk also
1: yeah like he's and i liked how she uh referred to him as uh what did she call it like the twitter armor or something like that um basically
0: plot armor like yeah let's yeah, Bob, oh, yeah, yeah. i think like, she didn't call it twitter
1: armor yeah. <laughs> yeah like basically sam like yeah we throw long in here and like we're gonna be we're gonna be cool for a week <laughs> you know? and i love i love how that character has evolved too but you know from being a minor character and and uh doctor strange is just sort of being like the connected glue of this of this phase too you know and i'm pretty sure we're gonna see him again before the season so how many episodes are there we're on like six now right
0: yeah. And, I, I, is it a 10 episode? I was thinking okay, it was a 10 or
1: 10. Nine or 10. Okay, go to, yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. I, I love that find we find it. Yeah. It's cool that we got Wong. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they, how they kind of factor him and as being the source of supreme, like moving forward, too, because it's also, it's almost kind of like he's turning into like the Nick Fury now, <laughs> you know, like the guy <laughs> that just freaking shows up and,
0: Oh, oh, right. These random
1: Marvel events, yeah.
0: Um it's looking like there's going to be 9 episodes.
1: Oh, okay. So similar to uh WandaVision. Maybe yeah, that was a that was a 9 vision. run too. It's weird how like these episode counts, right? Like like um I feel like some of these seasons just seem like they're too short. And then it's like all of a sudden we're gonna get a Daredevil one that's eighteen, and I'm like, whoa, fucking eighteen, like, <laughs> dude! That shit blows that may, my mind. I'm like, that may be too long. Like, what the hell?
0: I know. It's uh, like, are yeah, we are we really gonna get? Th- I mean, that's like almost a half year a Daredevil.
1: Well, even like the thirteen episodes that we would get in Netflix, there would always it would sometimes seem like maybe there was an episode or two in there that didn't need to be there. You know, it's almost like kind of like there was always like that like a Phil or Karen episode or something like that, you know? And -hmm. and I'm wondering how they're going to, how they're going to pull off an 18. I mean, they must really have a good story to tell, you know, because they don't have to do that.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, I fucking hope they got a good story to tell because that's a bold move.
1: I mean, that's almost
0: going to like network television, like sitcom season lengths where it's like, maybe
1: it's because maybe it's because like, I don't know. It's just a theory, but maybe it's because they feel like because they're starting over with this character, they almost have to like rebuild him back up to where we all left off again. I don't know. Like it just must be, have to be a lot of character development because he went through a lot in those three years of Netflix. and And it's like, it's like you almost have to, it's like we haven't seen him in a while. And this is almost kind of like a new iteration or it might be a newer iteration of the character in this universe. So it's almost kind of like you have to go through quite a, a, lot of shit to, to, to feel what you felt at the end of season three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Um, I wonder yeah. if they'll split it up into like three mini arcs where it will be like a, you know, the, that then connect to form a, a larger one.
1: That makes sense, right? Like you would think they, that they would say, okay, um, we're going to take like a mid season break or something and come back like in the, you know, a few months from now or something like that, you know, but then it's like, why don't you just freaking call it season two and season three? But I I don't know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they already got these six episode seasons that we're used to. So it's almost kind of like, why are you going to have six? I mean, it's probably what's going to happen though. You know, it might be a block of six, a break, maybe like a movie or something. then it comes back for a block of six, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of overlap because there's going to be other shows on Disney Plus as well, you know. So I'm, I wonder if Marvel's going to get to the point where it's actually overlapping shows.
0: Yeah, if it's like overlapping MCU stuff, because yeah. like right now it's overlapping She-Hulk and then with Andor just dropping. I always think it's yeah. kind of weird when they overlap kind of two things like that. Like, but I guess they do do them on different nights of the week.
1: Yeah, yeah. Disney Plus is getting mighty
0: crowded. <laughs> What'd you think of the the three episode preview of Andor?
1: Oh man, I watched it last night. So I heard a lot of, well, yeah, I heard a lot of good things about it. And, um, you know, when I finally sat down to watch it, like I, it's, it's a slow burn. It's, it's definitely a slow burn, but I'm really appreciating that they're finally giving us a Star Wars show. That's not afraid to feel different. If that makes any sense, like it's it's like it's grown up Star Wars.
0: It, yeah, it, it's got that Rogue you know, One feel to it where it's like this this feels like like a dirty, gritty, lived-in world. Lived in.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it it seems even a little bit more uh, grown up than Rogue One was. Like it feels it feels almost like 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 it's Star Wars but it's not Star Wars. Like you almost forget that you're watching Star Wars. And so, you know, maybe the first like the second episode, like it, it feels like you're not even in Star Wars. You know, there's not a lot of action. There's not a lot of Pume Pume. There's not a lot of aliens, a lot of humans. Um, even, I even think the blaster sounds, sounds a little bit more realistic too. Um, I heard someone compare it to Blade Runner, which I thought was pretty, pretty appropriate too. But yeah, like it looks beautiful, man. It's like, you can tell they're not shooting on the volume. Like it looks like they're in a fricking other world here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I really, really appreciate that about it. I I like the, the volume technology. I think it's really cool, but man, we we've seen certain episodes of the Mandalorian and there's episodes of the book of Boba Fett where you can feel the limitations of it and like stuff, stuff like the rings of power and with Andor, it's like you, you feel it. You feel that this was on location shot. There's, there, there's a, a tactileness to it that, you know, and, and I'm not saying every shot of the volume, because there's lots yeah. of shots of the volume where it fools me, but but there's just well, certain there's certain like a certain mechanics of of a scene that that don't work like like the the scene with you know like the the. The the moped gang or whatever in in book of Boba oh, yeah, Fett, the, you know, the, I mean, they sucked the, by the themselves. Power Rangers, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- those characters really did kind of suck by themselves, and they stuck out like a sore thumb in that setting. But you felt the limitations, of the volume, in the way that that chase scene was shot. Mm-hmm. But oh, totally. But then a few episodes earlier, that scene where Boba Fett's on that train that's speeding through the desert, you didn't feel the volume oh, yeah. at all in that
1: one. That that looked great. You know what? I didn't even know they were using the volume in the first season until I watched the making up. And, um, then I was like, Oh my God, they weren't really in a desert here. So like, like now it's like, I can kind of see it, but like it really fooled me the first season. I thought that they were actually going to like Tunisia or some shit to shoot that second episode. You know, it was like pretty, pretty impressive, but it's like, I think now that I know, um, you know, the, the magic trick. It it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Like when I was watching Obi wan I was like, "Man, like I can tell that they're chasing this person around the same little room. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I can tell that this isn't a, this isn't some vast marketplace. Like they're just running around a table, basically."
0: <laughs> you talk about the Princess Leia chase scene in the woods. Yeah. God, that was terrible. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, that and also <laughs> like when they were chasing her like in that that marketplace on that planet on the second episode, like it, it's like, you can just tell when they're running by the same freaking vendor every time. <laughs>
0: yeah. This is like yeah. some Super Mario two physics. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but,
1: um, but yeah, like Andrew, man, it feels like, like, I feel like they're on a different planet. Like I feel like this is, it almost feels like it's like this really good sci-fi film that, that is like a cult classic when I'm watching it, you know, it doesn't, and it, and it's like enough kind of star Wars in there to not feel like it's out of place. Like you can really imagine that this takes place in the days of the rebellion, but it's not like, it's not so star Warsy to where it feels like it's redundant. Like it almost feels very new and unique and on its own. Um, so I'm appreciating that. Like it is slow. And I, and I was wondering to myself, I don't know if your kids are watching it, but like I was wondering to myself, like, is this going to hold kids' attention? Because it's a very slow burn. At least the first couple episodes were.
0: Yeah, for, for sure, I'd be able to get Aiden to watch it. Um, yeah, he he can handle the more slow burn stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, the one of the things that I've really been loving about this is that they, because I was expecting to see stormtroopers, and I loved that they had. This different, like, security force that was in here that was like a a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. It was fucking fantastic. Like, I really, really liked that. That, cause this is taking place in, in five BBY, which would be before Battle of Yavin. So this is five years before
1: before New Hope.
0: Yeah. Before the end of New Hope. And, and yeah, it feels like it because this is, I think that is the exact same time period that star wars rebels starts at also but being that this is a, a different showrunner, you know this isn't like a dave filoni connected thing because it for a little while i was like wow i wonder if we'll get like ahsoka in any of these oh, or
1: if dave or... filoni was producing this we would see ahsoka you know you would see <laughs> yes. you, you see uh Ezreal all that shit you. you know it
0: yeah i i have a feeling that this one's going to be more self-contained though since this is um
1: well, Tony Gueroy said yep. that that's going to happen because I think he's like adamant about like not making it a cheesy like guess who's going to cameo show. Good, like Good. he's like like he's against that, like to the point where he's saying like I'm not including anybody that you recognize unless it's pertinent to our story.
0: Yep, and and this is the sort of Star Wars story that I've wanted to see for a while. Something that can just stand on its own, and and I understand the complaints that some people have, like oh well you know he's just going to die in Rogue One. It's like yeah, but. This, there's five years of history leading up to that. And he was one of the... And we all died. He was, he was one of the very cool characters in that movie because he was morally gray. He was a good guy that was morally gray. That makes him an interesting character to me.
1: Oh, yeah. And they're doing something really smart, too. They're, I get it, like where it's like, you know he's not going to die. But it's, it's called Andor. We know he's not going to die in the show, you know? So it's like <laughs> the fact that he dies in... Rogue one doesn't really mean anything. Like we know he's going to survive the season. It's called Andor, you know? And so like now the onus is on, um, the other characters, right? So like, we don't know what's going to happen to all these other people that are popping up, you know? So that's like the, the, I think the brilliance of it is that they're introducing all these people and we don't know what's going to happen to them because they don't necessarily die just because we didn't see them in rogue one, you know? So we don't know what's going to happen to these people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. I I love that we got Stellan Skarsgård in this. I I always enjoy him and stuff, and he just feels feels yeah. like such a good natural fit for the the sort of character oh, he blends that he's right in, in this. right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And oh
0: man, I love that uh, that uh,
1: the end of uh, episode three. You know the uh, the whole oh, Peter chase and all that stuff. Yeah. And that
0: machine but, shop thing with like all the big heavy metal parts hanging from chains that are dropping.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, intense, exactly. dude. Yeah. And, and it's just, I I feel it's, it's what Star Wars needs to be doing. Because I said a while ago, I said, you know, you got to get people used to playing outside of the, the typical Star Wars box. It's like, if you just keep throwing R2-D2 and C-3PO at everything and, and giving all the member berries, it's like, you're not going to allow it to grow. And if Star Wars wants to have The longevity that it hopes to have, like, you gotta take, you know, risks. You gotta get people to get used to something that's not, that's not, uh, you know, a standard, um, episode one through seven feel or or episode one through nine feel, I should say. Um, you know, and this is just, I feel like it's, it's doing that. Like, it's giving you the Star Wars vibe, but it's also kind of giving you something that's very different. Like, Like I know you, I I think you caught it probably right. Like there was a scene, I think, in episode two where it was almost kind of like a, like a slight hint of sex, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know that blew my mind. I was like,
0: I was like, how far are they going to push this?
1: Yeah, yeah, man, and it's like this is on Disney Plus too. I'm like, okay,
0: Star (laughs) Wars, like, yeah, man. Like, I had that same thought where where I was like this is kind of shocking. I don't think we've ever seen this in Star Wars before.
1: Yeah. I don't think we've ever had a morning after in Star Wars. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. but, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. And I, am glad that it's not just feeling like, okay, here's just, you know, the precursor to Rogue one. Like it almost feels like it's just its own thing, you know? And, and the fact that they have 24 episodes of this thing coming, like, Like, it's, you know, I'm going to have a lot of fun kind of seeing where things go.
0: Yeah, dude, I'm very, very excited about this one. I'm glad they released those three episodes for the start, too, because I really do feel like you needed all three of those to get hooked.
1: They had to, because if you would have ended after that first episode, a lot of people wouldn't have come back.
0: Nope. Probably even after the second one, too. The second one, too, because
1: the first two are very slow burns, and they I think they knew that. Like, yeah, like it's character development and all that, but like I could see a lot of people who would have you know and had the intention of coming back, but they wouldn't have rushed to come back, so it's like you have to have that grip in here where the action's starting and the plot's getting heavy, you know, to make people actually want to tune in next week,
0: yeah, and then they also run the risk of if that episode that drops next week is a slower one, there are people that they're gonna lose. Because um, that was like what the biggest I, complaint I kept seeing online was people being like, This show is so slow and so boring, I'm out. And so going into it, I was I didn't have the highest expectations, but it was it was like leading up to it, there was all these early reports that oh Andor Andor's amazing, this is mind blowing, and then seeing all these other reports with people saying, Oh, this is slow and I'm out. Um, that sort of complaint usually never scares me away because I'm okay with a slow burn. And and in this case, yeah. it, it worked just fine for me.
1: What I hear is that, and I've heard this from a number, a number of uh, media sources that saw the first, I think five or six episodes. And they say like, it just only fucking revs up after this. Excellent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's really, really exciting to hear because yeah, this is yeah. the, this is at a point in the empire where, you know, they they can't imagine that that there would be an, a rebellion. It it, it has yeah. not crossed their minds, and that was some of that great dialogue too, where Andor was saying, "You know, do you know how easy it is to to steal from from these Imperials? They're they're so sure of themselves that they can't imagine that somebody would would have the audacity to go in and do it." And he's like, "If you just act like you belong there, they don't even question you." And it's like, oh, dude, as soon as he said that, I was like, this is a perfect character to have as like a sneaky operative.
1: Yeah. And Diego Luna, I think he did more in those three episodes than his entire, you know, than the justice that was given to his entire character in Rogue One. Like, (laughs) Agreed. I mean, like, when he fucking shot that second cop, I was like, yes, this is someone I want to (laughs) follow.
0: Oh, right. I know, right? Because I was like, dude, the one guy's already dead. Like, just like I hate to say it, but like this other guy needs to be dead too. <laughs> in, in terms, yeah. you know, of 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 this fictional story.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it makes sense. You know, can't have no witnesses.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I I don't know. I I think this is really really off to a great start, and and I am super excited about it, and. And I, I kind of feel bad for the people I didn't work for. Um, that's the same way I, I feel I, with Rings of Power, too. The people that are like, oh, I could not get into this, and I really wanted to. And I'm like, dude, I feel bad for you.
1: But you know what? I feel that when a show is truly good, and let's just say it really picks up later, and I'm referring to you know, Rings of Power, I'm referring to Andor as well. Um, if If people that are enjoying the show are loud enough, everyone's going to come back to it. <laughs> You know, eventually, I feel like if the voices are loud enough that this show is amazing, you got to just stick to it, you know, stick with it. People come back to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to binge,
1: you know, to get through some of the, the, the slow character development in the show.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the binge mode, it does have its place. and And for certain people... It's like, especially people who like, you know, hate like a slow plot, like a, a binge is really gonna be good for them because they're gonna be able to just get through that shit. Or um like people like my wife, like she just she doesn't have a memory for like story and plot details and stuff. So for her, mm-hmm. it's like she really kinda needs to watch stuff as a binge because otherwise, like if she watches a twenty minute episode of something and then She'll remember a it week, week goes by. Yeah, because <laughs> that's kinda what we've been dealing with with that show. On FX, uh, the the patient with Steve Carell. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Yeah. And uh, and uh Donald Gleason. It is yeah. it's a fucking great show so far, but it's only twenty minutes every week and it's ten episodes. Yeah. And so it's like, oh damn, this is I mean, so far, like I think we let we let two episodes bank up and then we watched the other one. So I think we're like maybe five episodes four or five episodes in now and It's continuing to be a really, really good show, but, dude, waiting a week for 20 minutes is brutal.
1: How do you feel um, if Netflix moves towards the the week-to-week model, which I think they're going to be doing pretty soon?
0: It all depends on the show. The show has to be compelling enough to make you come back in a week, and hopefully it's got the type of writing that in that week off, you can reflect on what you watched and speculate on it. And if it's the sort of you know show what? that has that water cooler. Yeah. You know, I would love to do that with stranger
1: things, the week to week model. Like I would love to speculate.
0: Yep. And that's week-to-week. a show yeah. where it would be perfect for, but then, you know, you think of yeah. something else, like, I don't know, like, like Cobra Kai or something like that. It's like, no, that, yeah. that doesn't have like, yeah, it's, it's not the same sort of show. Weekend. Like, yeah. yeah. Just drop that all at once. Like that's, that stuff's like popcorn, but like like a. Did you watch Archive eighty one?
1: Um, I started. I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah.
0: Like that would have been a perfect one for week to week because there was just so much built in mystery and speculation in that show. Yeah. The heartbreaker about Archive eighty one is that it ends that sets up a second episode or a second season, yeah. and Netflix yeah. fucking canceled it. And it's like, how? This show oh, is fucking man. brilliant.
1: Yeah. Netflix I, mean, I, I don't understand them sometimes. <laughs> it's like, it's no. like some people get more some people some people get more than three seasons and then others, like, you know, everyone loves a show and they don't get a second season. Like I really don't understand like how they decide all this stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it may it's infuriating to me because, you know, they'll get a good show on their hands and then they'll just up and cancel it. And it's like, why? And then you'll let this other it's like you do so many original oh. shows. And movies on here and so many of them are not good and then you take the ones that are good and you cancel them it's like who's in charge of these decisions because somebody needs to get a running start and kick that person in the balls
1: well given you know their financial status these days i hear that that they're going to be focusing more on quality over quantity uh moving forward because you know when they first started they you know they were in a different environment and they just want to get content out there. Like their whole thing was like, let's just keep people on our fricking platform. You know, let's just keep dumping stuff out. So if we got to make a hundred different shows that cost a dollar, you know, we're going to do that. (laughs) And I think now they're kind of like taking the HBO approach where it's like, let's give you like a really fucking good show. That's going to tie you over week to week for two months. And that's going to keep you on our platform.
0: Because yeah, that is the only problem. That is the only downfall with the binge model is that yeah. the, the word of mouth surrounding your show is probably here and gone over a weekend.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even when I enjoy a show, like even I know you did a rewatch of Stranger Things, um, but it's like there's so much shit that I forgot happened when I started season four, <laughs> you know, just because I, I binged it and it's like, you have this high and excitement, and then it's just kind of gone because you're not talking about it, you're not revisiting it. You just kind of go on this roller coaster ride all at once.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it just goes in one ear and out the other. If you binge something, it's it's so easy to watch an entire series season of television, and then the next day you can't describe what the hell you watched.
1: Oh yeah, and sometimes by the time you get to the finale, it's late at night. And- you watched it, but you didn't really process it. <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs>
0: I'll do that with comic you know, books, too. Like, if I if I read, like, a, a trade paperback or something too fast, I, I won't retain all of it.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And, and I used to go back and revisit some of my comic books, and I would read them like they were new. Because, like, I couldn't remember this fucking story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, because um, I think... I think pretty much everybody in my family just recently read all of paper girls and Mm -hmm. I didn't reread it. The last time I read all of paper girls was like a couple of years ago. And so they kept like talking about specific points in the book to me and stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Well, did you watch invincible?
0: Yes. Oh my God. I loved it. I've seen the, the whole season three times now.
1: Okay. So I only watched it one time, but when it comes back, I'm going to be like, okay, who is this guy again? Oh, wait. What, what happened last? Okay. I know someone got their ass kicked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: They did. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, yeah. Cause it's like at the, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but it's like, it's like a blur to me. It's like all I see is, is, you know, one character whooping someone's ass and this cool thing happening and that cool thing happening. Like it's like, it's not like having it's not living in my head rent-free, you know, it's like, it's, it's like almost kind of like one ear and out the other. And I need a recap.
0: Dude, Invincible's So good. Have you ever read any of the comics? No, I haven't. Oh, that's one. I, I highly recommend if you ever want to like, like I, I, I recommend picking up the whole thing on digital, unless you're really, really into print copies. But if you're into print copies, it's going to like, you can get a, get through it, a, buy it as three compendiums and i think each mm-hmm. compendium is like maybe 4 inches thick. Wow. So i mean it's it's like 144 issues of, of the comic. And and i've got the whole thing on digital and dude it is in my opinion it's the best like complete comic series that like is like a superhero book that there is.
1: Is I, the uh the, the show pretty faithful?
0: Yes, extremely. Like the the oh, the okay. timeline is moved around a little bit. Uh, stuff's yeah. condensed a little bit and, and they, they moved around the, the mystery that was going on in the first season. They portrayed mm-hmm. that a little bit differently in the show and, yeah. and gave Mark's mom like a, a much more active role in like, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, but you know, they, they both, they, they both work perfectly as what they're doing. But, um, in my opinion, it's, it's one of the best comic book adaptations that they've done. In, yeah. in terms of being successful on its own and being f- faithful to the source material, but not a hundred percent faithful to the source material. Cause also there's a lot of stuff in the source material that it, it didn't age well. There, there's oh, like some gotcha. homophobic jokes and stuff like that in it where, mm-hmm. um, in, in the show, they just outright made his best friend, William, just gay out of the closet from the start. Whereas mm-hmm. like in the comics, there's like a, a total, like, Back and forth between Mark and William, where you're like, dude, that's so gay. Like that sort of like sort of <laughs> jokes, like in the book where you read them now and you're like, Oh, that's kind of cringy. Um, yeah. And, and they just made really smart choices. I feel like in, in the adaptation, especially with William's character, cause he's fun from the jump in the show and he's much less fun. He comes off as more of like a kind of an arrogant dick that, that later on, once he's out of the closet, like he's a much more, likable character, and so he's likable from the mm-hmm. start in the show. Um, yeah. But, yeah, dude, I, God, I can't wait for that second season. They've I just read recently that they finished recording for season two, and they're starting to work on recording all the dialogue for season three. But uh, a lot of the animation houses are very backed up, so that's kind of what's holding up um, season two right now. Uh,
1: yeah, I figured. Yeah, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back there. But I'll probably have to do a rewatch.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it's only like eight episodes, right? And they're, and they're fairly short.
1: Yeah, it was fast. It was definitely fast.
0: Yeah. Oh man, uh, Liam's on his second rerun or reread of the the comics right now.
1: He read all of 144.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Both both my boys read all of Invincible. They both loved it. And then after they watched that, then we. Or after they read all the comics, then we watched the first season of the show, and I feel like they got a lot more out of the show having read the books. Nice, and and yeah, Liam liked it enough to where this school year he was like, "I want to read Invincible again." I'm like, "There you go, dude. <laughs> have fun."
1: Man, that has to be cool to be in the comics, and your kids are in the comics. Like, because like you know when I was reading comics as a kid, like my dad had read them as a kid, but he you know he wasn't into them as an adult. So that has to be a pretty cool dynamic that you guys
0: have it's really, really fun to be able to share those stories with them. And, and uh, like one of the last ones, Aiden read, um, he finished. What did he? I think it might've been, Oh, he, he reread uh, birthright. So he had just, uh, he had reread mm-hmm. all 50 issues of birthright. And then mm-hmm. I was telling him when he was on the last one, I was like, dude, you ought to read the crow next. Cause he'd never read it. And, and so he read the, the, the first trade paperback of the crow that the movie's based on. And mm-hmm. he really, really liked that. And then he read The Old Guard after that. And and now he's reading the the novel of Jurassic Park. <laughs> and he's so excited about that because that's like one of his favorite movies ever.
1: Michael Crichton. I'm not sure how – did you read that novel as well? Was that pretty faithful to Like the when I was Aiden's movie? age. Like,
0: no, yeah, it's, it's quite yeah. a bit different from the movie.
1: Yeah, and I know The Lost World – novel is very different from the
0: movie. <laughs> Pretty much the only thing that's the same is that you yeah. know, it's a different island and, and yeah. he sends like a different group of scientists th- to the island. But I think Ian Malcolm think it, is one of them in the book. Ian Malcolm,
1: I think, is, yeah, one of the returning people in the book. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I think there's a whole different character in the book that they didn't even put in the movie or something. It's been so long because I remember I read him in middle school and. And then I read them again in my early 20s. And so it's probably been, yeah, like 20 years since I've read the Jurassic books.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, man. Well,
1: a lot of content out there. (laughs) It's a little overwhelming.
0: (laughs) I know. We're in a glut of it right now. It's been like with all the new shows that are out right now, it's been so much fun with House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, Andor, She-Hulk just lots of yeah. lots of really good stuff out right now
1: oh yeah yeah we're spoiled it's like remember those days when we'd be excited because like a comic book property was being turned into a movie or a TV show <laughs> <laughs> you know it like it's like we'd be talking all like year about like the you know a Batman movie that was coming out that summer or something or or you know some sort of adaptation that we were stoked about like I remember there was a frickin' – uh tv movie of uh, uh uh generation x remember that book generation x no i don't it was like uh, like the teenagers in the x-men universe oh it okay. was like a there was like a it had jubilee i believe was part of it and some others and it was like a tv like a maple tv like straight to fox like movie that was coming out that i was so excited about <laughs> and my god like Like, that movie was utter
2: crap,
1: but I was so fucking... I was just, like, excited to see Jubilee, like, in, like, you know, in a a live-action version. And, I mean, that movie probably had a budget of, like, $45. (laughs) 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 And, 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 like, that movie, too, was, like, it was, uh... I guess their special effects budget was so limited. So, it's like, how do you make a frickin' Marvel superhero based property like into a a movie and and not have a lot of special effects it was like it was like a regular movie and then it was just like one little like scene of special effects where they all use their powers for like 15 seconds (laughs) 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 yeah man it's like we've come a long way man that was what i used to get excited for in the freaking late 90s
0: (laughs) yeah dude yeah i mean we've been very very spoiled lately um
1: now I mean, just like, I oh, mean th- like, there's
0: there's a Morbius movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a Morbius movie, and we don't even
0: care. You know, it's like, Did you see Netflix, Netflix like, was reporting it's the most popular movie they've ever had? Oh, are they are they serious?
1: I or are they just? It's what just I read. It,
0: it? It's what I read that apparently Morbius is like the highest streamed movie that Netflix has ever had on their service. Oh, man! <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's just people curious because they saw all the memes and they were just like, "Is this a good movie? You're like I watched that entire movie, and he didn't say it's Morbin time once.
1: Well, we also know that all these a lot of people probably didn't see it in the theater, no. so it's like, yeah." <laughs> I mean, but it's cool that we have that luxury because remember, you know, when you're a comic book fan, when we were kids, it's like if there was a comic book movie that came out, like you were there, like you saw it in the theater. And now it's like we're being bougie about it. We're like, yeah, I might skip that one. Yeah, I might come around to that one. (laughs) I know it's (laughs) wild, dude. We're definitely living in a golden age of, you know, genre for genre fans, you know, for fantasy and comics and all that stuff. I mean, kids have no idea how hard it used to be.
0: I mean, yeah, and we're we're coming up on what almost 15 years of the MCU pretty soon here.
1: Oh yeah, I can already see like Kevin Feige like as an old man like getting his like uh, freaking honorary Oscar award like at the (laughs) Academy Awards because it's it's like people can't take lightly like he's doing something that's never been done and may never be done again. Like like he basically made. Uh, a related, like almost like TV series of movies that no one has ever done in the history of Hollywood.
0: <laughs> oh, totally! And if he's able to pull yeah. it off again with you know Kang Dynasty and in the these wrap up movies that we're going to be getting in what is it like end the yeah. phase, si- phase six? If he's yeah. able to do it again, dude, yeah, is mean, impressive enough to do it once. But if he can pull it off again, which yeah. you know I believe he can, I I think that these movies are still popular enough. To where I think he can do it again. It's just, you gotta try and capture that lightning in a bottle again. Can you have another moment like when we first saw Cap pick up Mjolnir and fucking theaters went nuts, dude.
1: I feel like they can. And I feel like they know what they're gonna do. And and all the people that are complaining about you know, um, Phase 4 and, and all these like, you know, subpar movies and shows and stuff like that. It's like, I don't think you realize like they're building characters. It's like they're built like this is not the exciting part. Like Marvel knows yep. they're going to make money, but it's like I think they're just sitting back. Like you just watch. Like yeah, you're you're criticizing She Hulk now, you know, because she's twerking with Meg The Stallion. But it's like she's going to play a pivotal role in something three years from now, <laughs> you know. And and you might not be watching Miss Marvel, but you're going to love this character in a few years. Like I think they know exactly where they're going with all this. And all it's gonna come, it's all gonna culminate into something just huge, you know. Whether it's King Dynasty, Secret Wars, all that stuff, like, like it's like imagine like all these TV shows that people are watching, and not everyone's watching everything. Like I know there's, I know there, I know women who are watching she but they don't care about, you know, um, uh, Doctor Strange. Or they don't care about other things, but they, you know, they relate to She-Hulk. Like you're gonna be getting people watching that final culmination of everything just because like maybe their favorite, they just like one of the shows, you know, or just because they like, you know, a couple of the movies or a couple of the the properties, but they're not following the whole thing. It's like, like they're building the fan base even bigger because they're expanding and doing so many different things. And, and all these people are going to come to those Avenger movies in three years or however many years it is from now.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I can't wait! I don't know. I, yeah. I I trust in him. There's there has been some letdowns for me in Phase Four, but but I I still like it. I'm I'm still happy with overall with what we've gotten. Um, the the biggest sore point to me still is that Feige went out of his way promising that that Moon Knight was going to be super violent, and then it wasn't. But yeah. I I still enjoyed and- it for what it was. But it really bothered me that he went out of his way. But
1: what I, what I hope is that they're just taking baby steps because obviously they haven't been very violent so far, so I hope that it's getting I hope they're just trying to wet your palate to, you know, let's say the Moonlight Returns next year or um, you know, Daredevil, you know, and all that stuff. I, like I hope they're basically using that as a stepping stone to say, okay, we we got a little violence, so now we're going to really put it on you in this next thing. I mean, fuck it, we just got a a couple that Basically imply that they're fucking an Andor, so I think like I think Bob Chapek and Disney Plus are like allowing them to kind of push the boundaries a little bit, you know. So it's my hope that you know maybe by you know in a couple years we're gonna see some Netflix level violence
0: in these shows because oh, they be have the Netflix shows.
1: They had the Netflix shows
0: there. And that's so that's the so part worried, that's so confusing about it. <laughs> it's
1: like they're there. So it's like you obviously aren't afraid of, like, offending parents. So if you're, you know, putting stuff there, then why not just, you know, put a disclaimer, say this has extreme violence, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, let Kingpin smash someone's head in with the door.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and also it's like you've got enough varied content now just in phase four to where it's like you can have stuff. That's more geared towards kids and have other stuff that's more geared towards the R rating that's definitely made for adults. Because, I mean, like we were just saying, I mean, the the MCU's been out for going on 15 years now. It's like that means that that people that were watching these phase one movies when they were like teenagers are fucking – they might have teenagers now themselves. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And like you said, there's so much content out there now to where they can actually say hey parents don't have your kids watch this one <laughs> you know and they're not gonna they're not gonna hurt in the bank you know <laughs> they can say hey this isn't for kids this is for older audiences
0: yeah I mean because they have Deadpool on on Disney plus don't they yeah yeah <laughs> And that's one that like dude, I've let both my kids read Invincible. I've not let either yeah. of my kids watch Deadpool. <laughs> not yeah. yet. I I've shown them select scenes. Like I've shown them the 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 highway scene at the beginning. They've they've yeah. both seen that. And what was funny is I remember I showed it to them. I think Aiden checked out where he was like, "Nope, this is way too bloody and this is disturbing. I'm not watching this." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, so they didn't know about, like, International Women's Day or whatever. No. <laughs> <It's>, no, <laughs> yeah. I didn't,
0: I'm i not ready to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: I, I but it is going to be a little tricky because let's just say, for instance, you know, Deadpool's going to come out. It's going to be rated R. It's going to be violent, I'm pretty sure. Sexual um, yeah. sexualing you into all that stuff. Um, let's say Deadpool pops up in the Avengers and King Dynasty. It's like they are going to have to be very strategic about, like, Hey, kids, like, here's a character that you may not know about, and please don't go and learn about him after this movie's (laughs) over. (laughs) (laughs) Just watch him in this movie only, kids. Don't watch him in anything else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You might even say that. Disney they really be leaning on that, you know, like, hey, it's not our fault you didn't set your parental controls? (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be. They're going to have you click through a couple things before you can get there. So it's like, hey, you guys have the opportunity to block this shit. And you guys didn't do it. It's on you, bad parents. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
0: (laughs) Dude, um, did you see that Jurassic World Dominion has reached the million dollar or billion dollar mark globally? Oh, did it? Did you see that one? I did, yeah. God, can you believe it made a yeah. billion dollars? What the fuck?
1: I I believe it because it's such a big property, and and I feel that like it's one of those properties that because you know the night I went to go see it, it was packed, and yeah, it's one same. of those properties where it's like one of those properties where it's like the general audience is just gonna show up, you know, because it's
0: that's a really good Park point because this done. is now it's yeah. the the sixth film in this yeah. franchise, and it's. You know, the first one came out in the the mid-90s. So, yeah, yeah, I I guess that does make sense. But, man, it was – I was so excited going into that movie, and I was so bummed out walking out of the theater.
1: Yeah, it was like one of those movies where you just ask yourself why. (laughs) You know, like, what was the point? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, why bring these legacy characters back for this?
0: Yeah, for this. Oh, God. God, the, yeah. the, oh, the the other news article that come out uh, this week about Jurassic World Dominion was Bryce Dallas Howard came out and said that uh, the studio asked her to lose weight for that role. Uh, and and apparently uh, Chris Pratt like stood up for her and was like, no, she does not. And it's like, Chris Pratt, you're the voice of America right there. Because anybody who would look at Bryce Dallas Howard and be like, you're gonna have to get rid of that dump truck lady. You'd be like, you can oh, get the right the fuck out of here. Like, she is... Bryce Dallas oh, Howard is a vision of perfection, in my opinion.
1: Oh, she has a nice curve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's absolutely gorgeous. Like, Well, number one, it's like, and, and I understand that those studio execs, they're making these movies to make a buck. They're not making it because they're wanting to make a piece of art. And so for yeah. them, you know, they have all these weird fucking metrics that they look at, at things. And so for them, they probably think that they're well within their rights or the bounds of, like, normal behavior to tell an actress or an actor, Oh, you're going to have to lose weight to do this role, yada, yada. But it's like, I don't, I don't see how anybody in their right mind looks at Bryce Dallas Howard and doesn't say, wow, you're amazingly perfect. <laughs> like, she's, I think like, that's so just gorgeous.
1: A, I think that's just an archaic way of thinking too. Right. Because it's like, I think way more women in America will relate to her body type than a, like a very thin version of her. Yeah, you know, and it's absolutely. like, it's, it's like, no one's going to say, I'm not going to see Jurassic World Dominion because she, she has curves, you know, it's like, it's like, if anything, people are going to probably appreciate it more, you know, if they, if they see people that look like actual people, I mean, she's still fucking insanely pretty, you know, but it's like, she's still, you know, having a, a, you know, a little, some curves to her, like makes her more relatable to the general audience.
0: Yeah. No shit. Especially in America. (laughs) yeah get out of here with that
1: shit oh man she's so fucking talented too man like i I know when i was watching when i was watching um that uh that mandal uh what was it boba fett episode i was i remember watching it and thinking it was like episode five uh with the mandalorian and i was just thinking like wow this episode is hitting kind of different like it feels it feels like someone knows that they're really doing behind the camera here. And then her name popped up and I said, Oh, that makes sense.
0: Yep. With that, that, that episode was fantastic. She's done great with yeah. all the episodes she's done in the Mandalorian, in my opinion.
1: Oh yeah. She's great. Um, and the fact that, you know, this wasn't like her calling, like it wasn't like she started out as a director. I mean, I know her father's a director, but the fact that she just kind of just, and I don't know the story, but it feels like she just decided to start directing a few years ago, and she's a, she's fantastic at it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely yeah. got an eye for it. Yeah, she's yeah. she's she's talented.
1: Oh yeah, completely. How amazing is it, would that be, though? Like, it's like like the you know someone that looks like that and has an appreciation for Star Wars. That's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a unicorn. There's <laughs> <it's, it's> some <laughs> unicorn out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, <clears throat> oh, what was the? Oh, I also wanted to bring up the, there's a a show that just recently dropped on Disney Plus called Edge of the Unknown with Jimmy Chin. Have you seen any of this? No, I've not. Okay, so Jimmy Chin is like a, a like a mountain sport photographer. So he's the mm-hmm. one who shot uh, Free Solo.
2: Oh, that guy. Yeah.
0: Yes, and so th- this episode is, or this series is with him. And each episode it like covers like a different like extreme athlete that like basically came very, very close to death. And they're kind yeah. of telling the story of it. And each episode is just like a little over twenty minutes. Uh the the first episode is uh following Alex Honnold doing like some free soloing stuff and in... Oh I'm totally blanking on where it was at now. Um but anyway, he's following him doing some really big free solo stuff, like in preparation of what he did in the movie Free Solo. So like mm-hmm. in the timeline of his life, this episode takes place like several months before he went and filmed Free Solo. Uh, okay. But I think there's like maybe 10 episodes of this. Yeah. And uh, dude, there... I mean, it's it, a lot of it's mountain sports, but there's some kayakers and stuff in it. There's this one episode where it follows a brother and sister team that's um, like uh, uh, kite sailing, mm-hmm. like across, or not sailing, but like kite skiing across the Arctic, and they uh, get stalked by a polar bear that they, they basically have to fight off, which is fucking insane. And um, but, dude, the wildest episode. It was following these kayakers that were going through some river in the Congo, and one of them gets eaten by a fucking crocodile, and the other two just have to keep paddling because there's Wait, nothing they can do.
1: Wait, is this documentary style? Yes. <laughs> Wait, and you you see someone
0: getting eaten by a crocodile? They don't show that footage, but I mean, okay. they have the footage of them on the river, and then it basically just cuts to them explaining like what they heard.
2: Oh, and they're man. like we
0: heard a, a splash and a scream and we turned around and there was a crocodile whose head was the size of like a man's torso that had, you know, so and so's like entire upper body in its jaws, and then his boat flipped over and he was gone. Oh shit. It, oh, dude, these stories in this in this show are very good. There's people who got trapped in avalanches, um, Wild, wild fucking stories. It's on Disney Plus. It's wow. an, it's a National Geographic show, but it's on Disney Plus. Uh, really digestible episodes and, you know, talking to some people that they, they live a very rare life. <laughs> the, the, this, that sounds this amazing. wild extreme shit that they do. And when they kind of talk about their perspective and stuff on it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a rare form of human being that these people are. And so the show is just really fascinating.
1: I got to check mm-hmm. that out because, you know, one of my my passions is traveling and I've done some crazy shit. Nothing like that. I've never fucking kayaked in the fucking Congo, but like I, I went gorilla trekking once in uh, Rwanda and that what? was what? that was fucking <laughs> fantastic. It was like, I basically hiked through the jungle in Rwanda for three hours until we found gorillas and we found them. We just basically hung out with them. That's fucking incredible.
0: <laughs> I mean, like silverbacks?
1: Uh, there was a silver bag and the, the silver bag actually walked over one of my friends like she wasn't paying attention she was looking at her phone and the freaking silver bag completely just walked over her like she wasn't there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude that had to have been um, an incredible actually, experience though.
1: Yeah I actually posted some stuff about it when I went this was like four years ago but I, I can send it to you uh, after the show but like I, I had one video of uh, some freaking gorillas that were fighting each other I think they were like brothers that were having a spat or something and they were fighting around us and they freaking rolled into us.
0: No way. Oh my God. That'd be
1: terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they tell you when the gorillas are close, they tell you to, uh, to look down at the ground, not to make eye contact with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and to just look down at the ground and to be very subservient and to like kneel down to make yourself small. Like you're, um, like you're respecting them. And my dumbass was like standing up fully you know as tall as i could be and fucking having my phone in their face <laughs> while <I was> filming. <laughs> and i'm so glad he didn't just like slap the shit out of me because i was looking him <laughs> right in the eye
2: filming
0: <laughs> oh. yeah that's amazing though dude
1: holy yeah, shit man yeah. oh, wow,
0: dude for sure the next time you come on i gotta drill you more about or i gotta grill you more about uh the different places you've been then i i didn't know you're the seasoned world traveler that's amazing
1: well i just started traveling like maybe uh seven years ago and i went in a period of five years i went to uh like 20 countries in like five years
0: shit oh yeah okay yeah 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 yeah, okay i'm I'm making a note now the next time you're on i'm asking (laughs) you travel questions
1: (laughs) that's incredible dude Yeah. yeah man i i didn't have the money to travel and shit when i was a kid so when i you know was able to take care of myself and afford a plane ticket i just wanted to go everywhere
0: hell yeah that's really cool
1: yeah man yeah but i'll send you that gorilla video after we're done
0: oh for sure dude um i mean yeah we, we can probably wrap this up now I, I really appreciate you coming on again dude i always have the best time talking with you tristan
1: likewise man and uh definitely uh want to do it again and also meeting uh meet in chicago again sometime soon too
0: <laughs> for sure dude that's too much fun <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well right on dude um yeah i think we can probably wrap this up i uh i know do you do you have anything you want to plug or Dude,
1: i have nothing to plug i, just,
0: <laughs> I know you I usually just, don't but i feel I, weird just I skipping just, past it
1: <laughs> yeah i'm just uh, tristan brown and uh you can find me chilling on my couch and Watching that show you were just describing about a guy getting fucking eaten by a crocodile.
0: <laughs> edge of the unknown with Jimmy Chin. <laughs> yeah, I gotta check that out. There you go. <laughs> I just,
1: yeah, man, but um but yeah, I appreciate being here and it was always it's always uh easy conversation with you, Joe.
0: Yeah, I know. Can you believe that two hours has just passed? <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, man, that dude. was
1: a lot of fun, definitely.
0: Hell yeah. Well, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StartCast.